Welcome to the Financial Life Podcast with me, Ben Robel. This is episode 20. Thanks for tuning in. Today, we're going to discuss the fourth and last of the four buckets in our framework for wealth. Now, as a reminder, the four buckets are a cash bucket, a cash plus bucket, an investment bucket, and a legacy bucket. In our last episode, we detailed the third bucket, the investment bucket, which is used to achieve long-term goals. This bucket tends to hold riskier securities than the previous two, so that it will grow enough to offset inflation and, at those higher prices, allow us to meet the goals we have set for ourselves. As some examples, these could be retirement, leaving money to children or charities, or supplementing our income. So, why do we need a fourth bucket at all? What is it for? Let's discuss the answers to those questions. The fourth bucket is labeled as your legacy bucket because that is its focus, your legacy. Answering the questions and addressing the problems that will probably outlive you. Now, what does this mean? Let's take a step back first. If we have executed this framework correctly so far, we have created substantial financial stability for ourselves and our family. With our first bucket fully funded, we can meet our day-to-day expenses, and we are prepared for some level of emergency spending. With our second bucket fully funded, we have the money, or we will, to make substantial intermediate purchases, like a new house or a car. And with our third bucket fully funded, we have a plan to achieve our long-term financial goals. We have solid ground under our feet when it comes to the funding part of our financial life. In this scenario, a legacy bucket separates money that we need, buckets one through three, from money that we don't. This means that if we never fund bucket four, if it bursts spontaneously into flames, if it drops through a wormhole into the multiverse, or if we make a number of bad investments that all fail, it does not matter. We have all the money that we need already. But what if you have extra money? What should you do with it? Obviously, the temptation might be to spend it, and that is clearly an option, and some people choose it. Others simply choose to allocate it to one of the other three buckets we've already identified. But this is usually not the best choice. One reason to add the money to bucket one would be to supplement the money we might need immediately, the emergency spending part. If we are risk-averse, this might make some sense. One reason to add money to bucket two would be to reach a purchase goal faster. Fair enough. One reason to add the money to the third bucket would be to give us more of a buffer in achieving our goals. Also a good reason. However, keep in mind that the cash bucket is the source of our lowest returns. The cash plus bucket is similarly low. And the investment bucket is built with as little risk as possible. It should be at least somewhat predictable in its pathway forward. This means that the legacy bucket has two primary uses. The first is to make higher risk investments than the ones we have already made. And the second is to formalize the transition of wealth to other people or entities. Now, in the first case, the legacy bucket is the bucket for higher risk and return investments. This is the bucket for crypto. This is the bucket for NFTs. This is the bucket for angel investing. This is the bucket for venture capital. 
This is the bucket for starting that new business. This is the bucket for that first real estate investment if you're not a professional real estate investor. All of these have the potential for higher reward and risk than the investments we made already. But if they were to fail, you are still on solid financial ground. In the second case, the legacy bucket takes on specific legal structures to effectively pass money to others. Some options are donor-advised funds, family foundations, or irrevocable trusts for leaving money to your children or to charity. In particular, these choices are important for people who anticipate that they will have an estate tax issue at their death and for people who have substantial illiquid investments like real estate, concentrated stock, or private family businesses. As a simple example, if you have a family business and a few children, only one of whom wants to participate in the business in the long term, this is the place where you formalize how the economics and decision-making authority are distributed among them. You can see that we're starting to leave the saving and investing realms that we established in our budgeting framework. That is why this podcast is about financial life, which includes many topics and not just investing. These topics also apply to the first three buckets, but in different ways, and we'll talk about those in the future. For now, I would emphasize that this framework was effective because it is simple to execute and easy to understand. You may not find it useful, but I hope you can see the value of some kind of framework as opposed to none. As Walter Sobchak says in The Big Lebowski, say what you will about the tenets of National Socialism, dude. At least it's an ethos. Thanks for listening. I hope this is helpful context for you and your financial life.